You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. be at a low point. You may have turned your back on God. You may have forsaken Him. You may have walked away from Him. You may have, got to have not want anything to do with Him. You may be stuck in some sort of sin that is easily besetting you, whether it be addiction or whatever it is. God has not abandoned you. God has not abandoned you. And when you turn that corner, which is what repentance is, turning and coming back to God, He'll meet you right there, just like the father of the prodigal son. He'll meet you there. But you got to take the step to turn. Our sinful nature draws us away from God. But because of his great faithfulness, you'll never have to worry about God doing the same to you. Today, Pastor Dave needs you to understand that there's a catch. You have to choose to come back to the Father. If you make that choice, God will welcome you with open arms. Now here's Pastor Dave in the book of 2 Chronicles chapter 15 as he continues his message. God rewards faithfulness. Be careful. Be careful. Asa smiled and said, all right, praise the Lord. But you didn't have to add that part. What do you bring this guy out here for, Lord? I'm not going to forsake you. Ah, famous last words. After all, look what you just did. You don't need to warn me about you. We always need to be aware when we're reading through scriptures and we read a warning from God. It should always perk our ears up. We should always look and see where that warning is coming from and why it's being stated to us. And if you're sitting here today and God is warning you about something, there's a reason he's warning you about it. You know, we've read there's no temptation that's not common to man, but God will always give you that way out. That's the warning. God shows you the way out. And when you don't take that way out, you have to suffer the consequences. God always gives you that warning. That always gives you that. God's warning you about a particular thing. It's a reason he's doing that. So listen to it. Listen to the warning. There's a reason for it. Don't tell him to go away. Don't shy away from the warning. But listen to it. Asa, if you seek him, you'll be found by him. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. Asa, be careful. Be careful what you do. The prophet continues in verses 3 through 7 in chapter 15. For a long time, Israel has been without the true God, without a teaching priest, and without the law. But when in their trouble they turned to the Lord God of Israel and sought him, and he was found by them. And in those times there was no peace, and to no one who sat went out, nor to the one who came in. But great turmoil was on the inhabitants of the lands. So the nation was destroyed by nation and city by city, for God troubled them with every adversity. But you be strong and do not let your hands be weak, for your work shall be rewarded. What's our work? Faith, to believe, to trust, to give hope to God. 
And when Asa heard these words and the prophecy of Obed the prophet, he took courage and removed the abominable idols from all the land of Judah and Benjamin and from the cities which had taken in the mountains of Ephraim. And he restored the altar of the Lord that was before the vestibule of the Lord. Wow. Asa hears this and says, wait a minute, something's got to be done. Something's got to be done because we read in 1 Kings that Asa didn't really tear down all of the high places. He left some of the high places there. He really didn't do this. So God was saying, hey, wait a minute. You didn't do everything I told you to do. And this is a warning. And Asa's going, wait a minute. So Asa gets busy now and he takes down all the high places. He takes down all the high places. I'll never forget the time after I was saved. I was having a Bible study. I was reading the word of God at my dining room table. And as I was reading the word of God at my dining room table, I turned around and looked over. And next to the piano that we had was my bar cabinet. And I'm sitting here reading the word of God, studying the word of God, listening to God's promises, just really loving it. I look at that and I went, wait a minute. What's wrong with this picture? And I felt something weird. I kept on looking at what's going on. Well, the Lord had me go and clean that cabinet out and empty it all down the drain. It was the Lord telling me, you're sitting here reading my word and look at this booze cabinet right here out in the middle of open. Get rid of it as a testimony to me. And I did that. I, I said I did that. I went and I took care of it. That's what he's doing here. He's telling when he tells you to do something, you have to move forward and do it. This doesn't say anything wrong about drinking. I'm not coming down on drinking. It says don't be drunk, but I'm not coming down on drinking. It says don't be drunk with wine. I'm not coming down on drinking, but for me, I can't. For me, I don't. It's a choice I've made because of that day when the Lord showed me something that I made. It's important. And I think it's interesting they said they didn't have teaching priests. They didn't, they weren't taught the word of God. How important is it that we learn the word of God? This is one of the reasons why Calvary Chapel goes through the Bible like we do. So that you get the entire counsel of God, the full counsel of God from Genesis to Revelation. So you get everything in between. And I've told you before, we get the scriptures that are hard. We get for scripture that go, oh man, I don't really want to talk about these, but we have to because they're in God's word. And it's important that we look at the entire counsel. But they didn't have people to teach them God's word. Oh, the Levites were great at administering the sacrificial problem. They were great at doing the sacrifices and stuff. But the tribes were so scattered, there was nobody to teach them the word of God. They didn't have that. But when they got in trouble, they cried out to the Lord God of Israel. And when they sought him, they found him. And I think it's interesting because all you have to do is read through the book of Judges. And as you read through the book of Judges, every single judge did evil in the sight of the Lord. The people got in trouble and a judge comes up and saves them because they cry out to the Lord. I love that. And we still see that today. But the chronicler who was writing here, who they believe was Ezra, Use this message from the prophet to remind the people of Israel in his own day that even when the people were set low because of their disobedience, God would restore them when they returned to him. What does that tell you? God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. You may be at a low point. You may have turned your back on God. You may have forsaken him. You may have walked away from him. You may have, got to have not want anything to do with him. You may be stuck in some sort of sin that is easily besetting you, whether it be addiction or whatever it is. God has not abandoned you. God has not abandoned you. And when you turn that corner, which is what repentance is, turning 
and coming back to God, he'll meet you right there just like the father of the prodigal son. He'll meet you there. But you got to take the step to turn. And he's right there. When you turn around, he's standing there with arms wide open, waiting for you to come in, waiting for you to come to him. But you need to make that step. Jesus died on the cross for you, for that very thing that you're going through, that you've done. He's not going to get back up on that cross. That cross is still the same. It still takes away that sin. But you've got to recognize it and come back to God. You've got to come back to God and cry out to God. That's what's happening here. I love when he says, be strong, for your work will be rewarded. God rewards faithfulness. God rewards faithfulness. In spite of the great trouble that God had visited his people who were disobedient, he encouraged Asa that God's heart is always, always, always for forgiveness and restoration. If it wasn't, there would be no cross. That's what the cross is all about. Forgiveness and restoration. Coming to God. We see this. Asa makes some great reforms in 8 and 9. And when Asa heard this, we read that. Then he gathered all Benjamin and those who dwelt with them from Ephraim, Manasseh, and Simeon, for they came over to him in great numbers from Israel. Why? When they saw that the Lord his God was with him. I love that. I like that. When people see that the Lord is with you, they are attracted to you. They are attracted to you. Why is that happening? What's going on? I remember when Beatrice and I first got saved and we come out of some trouble and I got saved and the Lord had started to take the trouble away and he restored our marriage and it was wonderful. We had people from her family and my family wondering what was the difference and we got to tell them it was Jesus Christ. We got to tell them it was Jesus Christ was the difference. So that's what happens when people see you coming out of a storm in victory, they want to know why and they're curious. It takes courage to do the right thing. You will always have those who come against you when you try to do the right thing. They will always have people come against you. Mark told a story about being at his best friend's daughter's wedding. Here, have a drink with me. You're you're, you're my friend. There will always be people come against you when they know that you are following the Lord. People always want to drag you down because they can't handle it. They can't handle it. The crowd doesn't understand how you're thinking now. They don't understand it. I love what Gusick says, quote, King Asa did more than remove the wrong. He restored the right. I love that. He goes on and says, this is an important part of any reform and any time of renewal must be more than speaking out against the wrong. It must also take positive steps towards the good, unquote. The positive steps I'm calling repentance. You see the wrong. I don't want that anymore. You see the Lord. I want you. I need to leave the wrong and go to the right. I need to forsake the wrong that was dragging me down and go to the right and stay at the right. That's repentance. Repentance is simply changing direction, changing the direction you were going and following the Lord. That's what true godly repentance is always about. And that's what I see happening here. So it's so important now. Let's look 10 through 15. All of Judah now is going to make a covenant with God because of what's happening here. This is a revival, folks. This is a huge revival happening here, and this is how revival starts. This is how revival happens. So they gathered together at Jerusalem in the third month in the 15th year of the reign of Asa, and they offered to the Lord all at that time 700 bulls and 7,000 sheep from the spoil they had bought. 
Then they entered into a covenant to seek the Lord, their God of their fathers, with all their heart and with all their soul. They didn't say with their mouth, we're going to seek the Lord. They said, we're going to seek the Lord with all our heart and with all our soul. You shall love the Lord your God with what? All your heart, mind, and soul, everything you have. They're saying, that's what we want to do. And whoever would not seek the Lord of Israel, (laughs) they put them to death. Well, that's one way to do it. That's one way to do it, whether great or small, whether man or woman. Then they took an oath before the Lord with a loud voice, with shouting and trumpets and ram horns. And all Judah rejoiced at their oath, for they had sworn with all their heart and sought God with all their soul that he was found by them. And the Lord gave them rest all around. The Lord once again rewards their faithfulness with what they're doing. This is so cool. This is revival. This is revival. This is revival. Do I think they went a little far by killing those who said they weren't? Well, you get the picture of what they're trying to do here. They recognized that the victory they had just received came from God. So they took the spoils and they offered it back to God in sacrifice. That's what they did. They took the spoils and offered it back to God. We must recognize that everything we have comes from God. But I work for that. God gave you that job. God gave you that job. That money, he's given you that money. And yes, it is yours once you have it. You can do whatever you want to it. But give back to God. God gave you the car. Use it to take somebody to church. God gave you this. God gave you that. Whatever God gives you, use. Use to his favor and his glory. Use it. Use it. Use it. Sometimes our lack of generosity is often rooted in refusing to recognize that God is the ultimate provider. James 1.17, what does it say? Every good and perfect gift comes from above. Every good and perfect gift. So they entered into a covenant to seek the Lord their God of their fathers. They went going back again with all their heart, with all their soul. After sacrifice, they committed the matter of covenant. A covenant is big. A covenant is important. The covenant is important. This covenant was deliberately connected with the past covenants of the fathers. This was saying, Lord God, we want the same relationship that you had with our forefathers. We want that relationship. We want to belong to you. It was supported by the threat of punishment. If you didn't come to the covenant, we killed you. They took a public oath. If you confess me before men, I'll confess you before my father. They took a public oath. It was beautiful. What a great time. You can see revival written all over this. You can see revival written all over. They rejoiced. Yoo-hoo, why not? God was found by them. The Lord gave them rest all around. Through the prophet Azariah, God had promised Asa that if he sought him, he would find him. And this is the fulfillment of that promise. You have this beautiful fulfillment of that promise. They sought him together as one, just like what we're doing right now. We're seeking the Lord together as one. We're presenting ourselves as living sacrifices to the Lord, holy and acceptable through the blood of Jesus Christ as one. We're his body, the church. He is the head. We're presenting ourselves as one to him. They sought him through sacrifice. We seek him through a sacrifice too. Jesus Christ on the cross. That's how we seek him, through that sacrifice. The only sacrifice that will ever count. We trust in God's promise because of that sacrifice, we can have the forgiveness of sin because it was a blood sacrifice. They sought the covenant. They may view the God's working and his people in the past and said, they've done the same for our fathers. We want you to do the same with us. They sought him with everything they had. You know, we've got to seek the Lord with everything we have. And I've said this before. Why not 
give everything back to God? Has he not given everything to you? Name something he's held back from you. He's given you his own son. He's given you his blessed son, Jesus Christ. He's given him to you. They were accountable to God. They sought him publicly, and they were joyful about it. The reward for seeking God was both that they found him, they served him, and he gave them rest. Some people don't want to seek the Lord. They're afraid because they're afraid of finding him and what they'll find out. I had a friend of mine once who I was witnessing to, and I kept on witnessing to him and witnessing to him, and he said to me, do I have to give up my life? I said, well, no, you don't have to. I said, but, you know, you'll want to change a little bit. No, I don't want to. I like my life. Okay. Okay. There's something that you have to give up. Have to give up. Let's finish out the scripture. Also, he removed Makkah, the mother of Asa, the king, from being queen mother because she had made an obscene image of Asherah, and Asa cut down her obscene image, then crushed and burned it by the brook Kidron. Oof. Grandma, you better be careful there. Here's the, here, but the high places were not removed from Israel. Nevertheless, the heart of Asa was loyal in all his days. He also brought into the house of God the things that his father had dedicated and that he himself had dedication, silver and gold and utensils. And there was no war until the 35th year of Asa's reign. Wow, what rest. What rest. It's a beautiful thing. He sees this image. And when I see this image, that anything that causes you to sin, get rid of it. Get rid of it. Anything that causes you to sin, get rid of it. The TV causes you to sin, turn it off. If the computer causes you to sin, get rid of it. If your phone causes you to sin, get rid of it. If anything causes you to sin, get rid of it. That's what Jesus said, didn't he? If your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. Now, we're not going to go around plucking people's eyes out or cutting their hands off, but the point is, whatever's causing you to sin, you need to get rid of. You need to get it out of your life. You need to get rid of it, everything. You need to pray to the Lord, to ask the Holy Spirit to show you those things that are hindering your walk with the Lord, and as he shows you what we said before, then you need to be obedient and do those things and get rid of them. When the Lord showed me all that booze, and I felt in my heart I had to get rid of it, the first thing I did was get rid of it. I got rid of it, and it was no longer in the house. I did that. Asa still compromised with the high places. He removed the high places that were connected to the foreign gods, but didn't remove the high places that were connected to the Lord because they were building altars to the Lord in these high places. Where were they supposed to worship? In Jerusalem, in the temple. That's where true worship was. Remember the argument that Lydia at the well had with Jesus? Your people say we have to go to Jerusalem to worship God. My people say on that mountain we can worship God. Well, no. One day you'll worship God in spirit and truth, because God in spirit, Jesus said to her. But I love this fact. Nevertheless, Asa's heart remained loyal to the Lord. Does that sound like somebody? Does that sound like somebody who failed miserably all the times, who did horrible things, who committed adultery, who committed murder, who counted the people when he wasn't supposed to count the people? Does that sound like somebody? It sounds like David, doesn't it? Why did God love him so much? Because his heart was always loyal to God. He knew his mistake, he accepted his punishment, and he went right back to God, serving God. Serving God. 
He made great reforms against idolatry. He made great reforms against the perversion and he restored the silver and gold utensils to the temple. And for 30 years, there were no wars. For 30 years, why? Because God rewarded his faithfulness and God rewards faithfulness. He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him and we know he rewards faithfulness. Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful in the little things. I'm going to make you faithful in much. God rewards faithfulness. But you know what? We serve a God who's faithful even when we're not. We serve a God who's faithful even when we're faithless. And we have such promises in God that we need to take them to our heart. And we too need to make a covenant with God and say, I'm going to serve you with everything I am. And I don't care what other people say. I don't care what other people say about me. I'm serving you, you alone. I'm going to walk in your ways. I'm going to walk in your truth. And I'm not going to look back. And I'm going to be prepared for when the enemy comes around the corner looking for me because I'm going to be searching to you. And when he comes and knocks on my door, Jesus, this is for you. Let him answer the door as I rest and trust in him. We don't know what's in the future, but we know who holds the future, Jesus Christ. He has the future. And we're going to push forward as long as we can. We're going to stand up for righteousness. We're going to stand up for what is right. So I like Asa. I just like him. We have one more thing with Asia, and one of my favorite verses is chapter 16, verse 9. I'm going to read it as we close. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. I love that verse. I just like that verse. God's looking for someone, anyone, to show himself strong on behalf. Let's be that someone. Let's be that person, huh? Let's be that person. Father, we do thank you for this time that we had in your word, and we thank you for the many blessings that you poured out upon us, Lord. We thank you for opening our eyes to the truth, and we thank you that we can look at faithful men like Asa, and even though they faltered, even though there was some some problems, we know that his heart was always loyal to you, Lord, and that says volumes to us, Lord. As we seek you with our whole heart, Lord, we know that John tells us that if we say we don't have sin, we're a liar, and we make you a liar. So no, we know, Lord, where we're going to trip up once in a while, but we know that you're faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness if we confess them to you. We know we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. And we know, Lord, that we can walk in your love and we can walk in your ways, Lord, and you'll guide us and you'll protect us and you'll pour your heart out upon us, Lord. And when the enemy comes near us, Lord, we can step aside and look around and see your vast army surrounding us, Lord. The enemy can't come near us, Lord, because you are our king, And he has to go through you to get to us. So we thank you, Lord. We thank you for the precious blood of Jesus Christ shed for us on the cross. We thank you, Lord, that that was forgiveness as that blood ran red that day and ran down and took away the requirements of the law. And then now because of that blood, because of that cleansing blood, we have been set free, totally free, Lord. And we're so thankful, Father God. Oh, Lord, we love you. When we declare that love openly, Lord, nobody's forcing us to declare that. We declare that openly, Lord. We love you. We thank you, Lord. Thank you for your word that we can study it and that we can read it and that we can glean from it your truth and that we can walk in that truth and show others the way to Jesus Christ. Oh, Lord, to you be glory and honor. In the great name of Jesus, we pray. You are You've been listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave. 
Pastor Dave is sharing teachings that comes out of the ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cape May, in Cape May, New Jersey. In today's message, Pastor Dave has been in the book of 2 Chronicles. Within this book, you get to know all kinds of characters who made an impact on Israel's history, good or bad. A notable lesson that's given through this account is that God gives blessing to His people when they remain faithful. But when people allow their sin nature to take over, it's easy to see how things start to unravel and then fall apart. Just like a closely knit stitch on a blanket, the people of God were blessed and stayed united with God while they were following His ways. But when they turned to their own devices, they just became a tangled mess of yarn in a sense. Their purpose and plan became useless when they were following their own way and what they thought was best. Isn't it easy to get into this type of situation where you think you know better than God? Before you know it, you've become your own tangled and messy pile of yarn as well. How about following God's pattern and seeing the benefit of what that brings? If you'd like to hear more messages from 2 Chronicles, learning of God's faithfulness, go to assurehoperadio.com and look under the Messages tab. Well, we're about out of time for today's edition, but we encourage you to think and pray about what God's teaching you personally through this series in 2 Chronicles. Come back here next time to hear Pastor Dave share more on Assure Hope.